whatever the whatever laws God put in play around the arts will revolt if you try to apply marketplace principles to them. Hey there, friends. Welcome in. This is episode 51 of Green Room Door, the show that loves to go behind the scenes to talk one-on-one with artists so you get to know more about the heart behind the music. I'm Dave Trout. Pleasure to be with you. Sorry that my voice is a little bit weak. I'm just recovering from a week-long bout with the flu, and uh, I'm feeling much, much better, but uh, my voice has yet to fully recover. So, Uh, Hang in there with me. Um, This is the season finale of our sixth season of Green Room Door, and uh, it's coming a little bit earlier than normal. Um, More on that a little bit later in the show. Now, earlier this year, in January, we released our top 11 gourmet albums of the year, one of our favorite traditions around here, Um, and it's not easy to make that list. Um, we, any single critic can go on a blog and put out their favorite uh, albums of the year. I can do that of my own accord for sure. But we have a panel of 10 critics who are all voting together to compile that list. And so, so an artist has to turn the ears, the mind, the attention and the imagination of multiple critics, uh, to make that list. And Melanie Penn has done that with her latest album, More Alive, Volume 2, which released last fall. Um, We are so delighted to have an extended interview with her all hour long. You get to know more about her and her music. Um, But before we dive into the conversation, um, let's hear a little bit of her music. This is uh, from one of the tracks of that album from More Alive, Volume 2. holy calling to move to Nashville. How did this come about? Well, um, as people like to say, and then COVID hit, there's a phrase, (laughs) there's a phrase I don't care if I ever hear again. Oh yeah. Um, basically during COVID, um, my dad died, Mm -hmm. not of COVID, but he died of cancer and my mom, I'm an only child. So I really need to take care of my mom. And so as we were kind of assessing where to go in this post-COVID era, it really just seemed like Nashville was the spot. Mm. I can be closer to all the musicians I love. I can be closer to my main producer who I work with and get my mom down here, live well with her. It was just time, honestly. It really was time. Yeah. So uh, how has life as an indie artist gotten better and worse? (laughs) 
<laughs> Good question. You know, I think I think life as an indie artist has gotten better because there's so much to access in terms of how other people are doing things. Like independent artists are not in an echo chamber by any means. And there is so much going on in the freelance world that you can you can even like check out books from a library about running your own business or listen to a podcast about how another indie artist has kind of made a viable um, music niche for him or herself. So I think there's a lot less of being on an island trying to figure it out in an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. Um, so so resources are available, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the worst, the quote unquote worst part is probably <laughs> can also be the better part. And that's always going to be the financial piece, right? It's yeah. like when you're an independent artist, you're not relying on any kind of institution to make sure that someone's paying you to be somewhere or that the music is going to get distributed well and advertised. You got to fund all that yourself. So in a way that really capitalizes on the return, like the return all comes to you. Yeah. But the investment also is on you. And the risk and all that. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So I think that's really exciting, but it does at the end of the day, I do think it's a longer path. Yeah. I think it takes longer. And so if you're up for it, you just got to have fortitude for that. Mm, that's good. That's good. Okay. Um, more alive volume two. Uh, so, so going back before that, you named your previous album more alive volume one. So you kind of knew in advance that there would be a volume two. So just how did you know that, how, how'd you know that the scope of this project was going to cover at least two albums? Yeah, I, I didn't, I I had an album that was ready to put forward um, called The More Alive Project, and it was in a pre-launch cycle when COVID started. Okay. So I had 10 songs that were ready to go, and the album was called More Alive, and the first single came out in February of 2020. Wow. And, you know, when you start rolling an album out, you don't give it all away right away. You just kind of like, you know, give a peek at singles, and then you start the messaging and whatever. So then the world melted. Yeah. And I was like... Well, we were all kind of like, okay, what's going to happen now? But I started writing more and Mm. writing a lot. And then I came to Nashville during COVID and my producer and I were kind of in an airlock, just him and I together recording a bunch of music. And and we figured out how to do it remotely where only we were in the studio and we were remotely with musicians, you know, in LA and Nashville and they were in their studios. So... What, what that did was, you know, volume two kind of happened before I had fully announced the album I was rolling out in the okay. beginning of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know at the beginning it would be a two volume set, yeah. but all the songs ended up working together and it just seemed right that More Alive volume two was the answer to the album that had started to come out during COVID. Yeah. So I hope that's not convoluted, but... No, that's really interesting, actually, just the, the thought process behind and how it how it unfolded and how it was largely out of your control. It evolved. Yeah, it really did evolve. Um, and the, the two volumes, they just go together. I, yeah. I think from a marketing perspective, maybe I should have made them separate things, like separate entities, you know? Um, but... I just couldn't. They were so linked and, and the, the song the song content is so linked. Yeah. They were meant to be one thing. 
I, I think so too. So do you think there'll be a volume three or are you thinking maybe you are uh, shifting gears? Well, I have no intention to do volume three. I okay. might. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm starting another album cycle in just a few weeks. Okay. And it's definitely a departure from where More Alive has been. Yeah. It's much folkier. It's much more acoustic sounding. And I just hope people love that as well. Yeah, absolutely. song psalm 23 it's from more alive volume 2 by our special guest today melanie penn and uh yeah we've got more with melanie on the way don't go anywhere this is the season finale of our sixth season of green room door thank you for being a part of the journey no matter how long you've been a listener and um we're taking a we're taking an early um seasonal break uh, for a couple reasons one is we're going to be doing some special projects that we're really excited about. The biggest one being we are going to link arm in arm with Burlap to Cashmere, one of our all-time favorite bands, and they are celebrating their 25th anniversary as a band. We've become friends with them over the last decade or so, and um, we are linking arms with them to help celebrate this 25th anniversary in some special ways and we've got some updates and announcements about that coming up real soon you won't want to miss out so if you want to track along with any of the journey that we're moving forward with since we won't have as many podcasts make sure to sign up for our email uh, email list Uh, you can do that on um, either our facebook page or through um, our website utrmedia.org and, uh, and, and that's going to be the best way to, to keep up to date in the coming months. We have some other special projects besides that as well. But um, dialing some things down, including this podcast and some other things that we produce, is going to help us be able to focus some time and energy and attention on these special projects, which we're really excited about. And also, uh, last year, to be honest, we kind of burnt the candle at both ends and it was a wild year, uh, but we, we felt exhausted and a bit burnt out at the end of the year. So this year we're trying to, trying to do some of these special projects and exciting things, but do it in a healthier and more sustainable way. And that means say, if we want to say yes to some things, we might have to say no or turn off some other things. So um, we're going to dial down some of our production stuff so that we can focus on these special projects. I think you all understand, but uh, we're just grateful to have you along for the ride. 
And for, as you, for you as a listener, it allows you to kind of maybe catch up on some things you might have missed because I'm sure most of our listeners haven't heard every episode of Green Room Door. So just here in season six, you can go back and listen to um, interviews with Kevin Max, Giants and Pilgrims, Aaron Williams, Hannah Hubin, among others. And if you want to go farther back into the archives, you can listen to interviews with Sarah Groves, the Arcadian Wild, Andrew Peterson, Charlie Peacock, the Grey Havens, Gloria Gaynor, Justin McRoberts, and over 50 other artists. <laughs> There's a lot there. So content is already made, already ready for you. If you missed it, go check some stuff out in the archives over the next few months, and then we'll be back with new a new season seven of Green Room Door in the fall of this year. Um, well, uh, we also wanna, uh, want you to um, check out our latest contest link at our website, utrmedia.org. You can actually win three books from Random uh, Penguin Random House Publishing. Um, you can check out that link at utrmedia.org. All right, um, when we come back, we're, we have another just stellar portion of conversation with Melanie Penn. In fact, um, we talk about the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the music industry. We have a really honest conversation about it. It's pretty sweet um, and pretty vulnerable. Um, plus, if you are an artist in making and you are um, an, kind of a artist on the rise, Melanie has some great advice that she shares that's just perfect and practical. I think you're going to love it. So some more wonderful conversation with Melanie Penn coming up next on the second half of Green Room Door. This UTR podcast is sponsored by the newly released Deep Valley, an unearthed live album by the late, great Rich Mullins. Praise to the Lord. Come on, everybody, stand up and sing one more. Hallelujah, give you praise to Deep Valley is posthumously released as the first ever live album of Rich Mullins, recorded in his early solo career in 1984. Deep Valley by Rich Mullins is available now on Spotify, Apple Music, and all music platforms. With advanced CDs, digital downloads, and vinyl pre-orders available at the Bellsburg store. Find the link in today's show notes. Oh! Whoa! I've got another one! So what's that? 59? No, that's 60! Look, there's two on the line! Frank, don't you think we should row in now? Are you kidding? Not when I'm having the best fishing day of my life! Frank, I'm already up to my knees in fish. How many more do you need? Hey, if we leave, I, I may never find this fishing spot again! The water is just two inches from coming in the boat! Oh, great! A few more won't hurt then! Frank, you're gonna sink this boat. Bob, I work hard. Fishing is how I relax. I deserve this. I'm not going to bail water back here so you can keep piling on more fish than you can eat. Listen, my life is full of stress, and this feels great. I need to do this. Oh, look at that! I got another one! Whoa, that's it! We're going under! Ground up fish! Selfishness shows itself in how we spend our time and money. What are you doing that will sink your boat? Another message from Lifeline Productions, located on the web at lifelinepro.com. 
so your 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 latest two albums that we just talked about are just sort of jam packed with spiritual encouragement. Um, and so what was your overall vision for the themes, the topics, kind of the overarching messages that you wanted to share through this, these albums? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think More Alive really came out of a response to what I saw the culture doing. And and this is even predating this COVID era, which mm. we are now at the end of. But for a couple of years, we've, we've had a pretty fraught couple of years. Yeah. But even in 2018, 2019, what I felt the culture, the larger culture was doing was so dark and so defeatist, like, and, and not Christian music. I mean, just like music in general yeah. and the shows we were consuming and what we were getting on the news. And there was so much gloom and doom, even before this COVID thing happened. Yeah. And I felt that my role as an artist could be to offer an alternative to what we were getting from the mainstream. And in a way, you know, that's always what I've wanted to do. But with More Alive, I was so intentional. Like, I've never been just so intentional. Like, I am offering a, a, a response, um, an anti, like, like something that's contrary to what I'm being served by the mainstream. And like every single word from start to finish, just making absolutely sure that it was filled with like hope and uplift and mm. encouragement for the listener. Mm, love it. Um, okay, I want to ask you about Just Jump. Can you tell me just sort of the backstory of that? Sure. Um, just Jump. Um, <laughs> just Jump is very, it, it is definitely about what it says it's about. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's about definitely about taking risks and kind of getting out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. into a scary place where God is going to meet you. And the funny thing about Just Jump was it was one of the songs that when we made the release calendar at the beginning of 2020, it was supposed to come out in like May mm. of 2020. And we actually pulled it from the release cycle at that time because I was like, maybe this isn't the right song to sing about, Not, the right song to people release are about. jumping right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, or, or maybe it's the wrong kind of jumping. Yeah, yeah. The song, the song was literally like, you know, the, the lyrics are, let go of your safety net, you know, like yeah, throw right. off every concern. Um, well. Maybe we should have done more of that, honestly, at the time. But yeah. Um, we ended up postponing the song yeah. until 2021, and I think that was the right thing to yeah, do. Yeah, it makes sense. Or 2022. I don't remember. When did that song come out? Yeah. <laughs> 2022. Yeah.
I think I might have even asked you this question like nine, ten years ago. But I think the answer might change, so I want to ask it again. What what is like a word of advice that you have when you when you're communicating to like a DIY artist who's kind of at the start of their music journey? What's what's like what comes to mind of like advice you'd want to share with them? Hmm. And that can go any direction. Yeah. So I, I have I'm afraid that the first thing I would say is um, not very inspiring <laughs> or geared to the art specifically it's a very practical thing but it's something practical that will make the art feasible and that is you know in your 20s make sure that your cost of living is as close to nil as possible Um, because chances are an artist will not be able to enter the job market out of school or upon entry into the job market with like a salary and benefits and we all know that there are jobs like that out there where you like graduate from college or or enter the workforce out of high school or whatever and immediately you've got a steady hourly income or a salary from from somebody who's going to pay you to do something and like an art it's not going to be that way for an artist Mm. so if you go into that knowing that that's a reality and it's and that it, it it's going to look different than your peers who are also entering the workforce you are going to be able to withstand that better hmm. and what that means is you know maybe maybe you're not moving out on your own right away maybe you're not going on vacations every summer with your friends who want to like go you know blow some extra income in Europe like yeah. it might your life might look different but it's so temporary like that season will be temporary so just focus on keeping it economically feasible for you. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've read a lot of books. Um, a lot of older artists actually end up talking about this as well. Like, keep your costs low. <laughs> build your body of work. Mm-hmm. Build your audience as inexpensively as possible. And and just keep your lifestyle very modest. And, and know that it might look different from what your peers are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't get married and have kids in my twenties, which I think can add a lot of burdens to an artist, especially it's like, you feel like, wow, I got to provide for my spouse and my kids and buy a house and all these things. But now there are so many ways to do that inexpensively because you don't have to live in a specific place. You know, you can, um, kind of get plugged in via the internet and social media you can live somewhere more cheaply so i think it definitely can be done yeah and you know don't let don't let anyone tell you you know have have your have your backup you know get your get your cpa degree get your cpa on the side so you can be an accountant mm-hmm. <laughs> like if that if that comes to pass there's going to be time to figure that out you've got at least 10 years 15 years to kind of play around with and that's probably how long it will take to figure out whether you're on the path that is right for you or whether it feels a little wonky and you want to do something mm-hmm. else. Yeah, I, I also feel like a lot of artists maybe don't even realize how much of a safety net they have mm-hmm. kind of built into their lives. Um, I think there's this pressure. I've, I know I felt it when I was in my 20s. That, that I needed to sort of like prove myself to kind of, that I could do it on my own. Mm. And that's, and th- that's a good thing to, to strive for that. But I think that I maybe ignored the fact that, you know what, I, 
I can try and fail at some things too. And like, I'm not going to be destitute on the street. Like there's family, there's friends, there's people around me. Like I will be picked up if I try and fail. And, and I think if, I think if when we're really young, we, we realize that there's that life is sort of for, for 99% of us has this built in these built in safety nets to let us try and make a go at it. Yeah, and artists, I think, touch upon that reality um, in a very acute way, right? Mm. Because there's no, there, there's no like org chart. There's no, there's yeah. no like, hey, I'll join this company and like work my way up or something. Yeah. No, it's like vague. And you know, for for many years, I tried to, you know, I I love business. Like, I love business concepts. I love kind of being in that world and. When I lived in New York, I, I touched upon business a lot just because it's like a lot of businesses are there. And I had, yeah. I was kind of in and out of doors of different businesses for various reasons, both as an artist and with my friends and whatever. And so I'd be like, wow, this is so clear cut, right? Like mm. you, you make a product and you sell it and you figure out how to scale it and advertise it and that's it. And, and, then, you, and then you make money. Yeah. And for many years, I thought that I could kind of apply those principles to music because everyone talks about quote unquote the music business Mm -hmm. and I have real I have realized like it's just not true you just can't yeah like the laws whatever the whatever laws God put in play around the arts will revolt if you try to apply marketplace principles to them Hmm. because in the arts, in music, you are dealing with like the ethereal world of the angels singing the doxology. You mm. are just, we're, you're, you know, you have to accept you're on like another plane and the principles of the world by and large just won't apply. Mm. So the, the quicker you can accept that you live in a vague world and that the outcome might not be straightforward and you might do something that you don't see a result from for years (laughs) you know and a business person would be like that you know you should be doing something different this doesn't make sense like just hang on tight to the fact that uh it's okay if it doesn't make sense it will eventually Mm. i'm learning something brand new too just because i i have long long had this tension with the quote-unquote music industry music business um, because I don't think it's all wrong. I don't think it's all bad. I don't, I don't think it, that all the artists that are in the trenches of the, like the CCM music industry, just as an example, I don't think that they should all just be discarded or anything like that. Um, they all sort of have a place, but it's interesting just because based on what you said, like I'm thinking about how the the industry itself is sort of built on applying those business principles mm-hmm. to the artists careers and they create this almost like image of mm-hmm. artistry and music and then they try to scale it and grow it in the way that the business world would which i never even realized like maybe that's one of the reasons why it sometimes feels kind of fake mm-hmm. and sometimes feels like it's missing its mark in my life because it sort of, in some ways, maybe saps some of the artistry out of it to mm-hmm. try to re- and replace it with like business right. principles 
that that can never really replace like real art. Yeah, or or why it's not working. Like yeah. you know why why you know an artist will kind of be on the scene and then disappear because the quote-unquote industry put a lot of money behind the artist and it didn't work out for whatever reason and then they disappear mm-hmm. but you know i think this is just my look i can't prove it this is just my theory the artists who are working really well in ccm and in the more um commercialized side of music which which i would love to be in i mean i think it's awesome mm-hmm. um but the artists who are doing well there i think would do well anyway mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they 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 are already producing and 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 conceiving of themselves in a way that is separate yeah from you know a car manufacturer <laughs> like right. they don't see themselves as like a car coming off an assembly line yeah they know that they're real artists and they are still protecting what they put out there yeah so i think that's the ideal situation yes. where an artist is like i know who i am I, I'm, I'm true in my core to what this is. If, if this institution label, whatever wants to come alongside me and give more power to it. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. But they're not calling the shots. Right. I'm calling the mm-hmm. shots. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's like a funky thing for yeah. sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Oh, what a fun conversation. I feel like I could have just talked on and on with Melanie um, yeah, and I, I was surprised. It's, it was the first time in several years that uh, I had seen Melanie in person, and so delightful to catch up. Um, and a big thank you to uh, Journey Church for letting us use their podcast studio uh, to record today's interview. Um, and make sure to check out Melanie's latest project, More Alive Volume 2. Uh, I did mention at the beginning of the show that she's going to be with us all hour, and it's really only more like a half hour. So uh, so to add a little bit of bonus here, after we say our goodbyes, I'm going to play for you the very first song I ever heard of Melanie Penn. That must have been 12, no wait, 14 years ago. Wow. Um, so we'll play play that after the outro. Hey, if you enjoyed the conversation and would love to help us spread the word grassroots style, um, one way you can do that, take a screenshot of your, uh, of your podcast page right now and then post it as a photo on your um, social media or your Insta story and tag at UTR Media and tell folks to check out the Green Room Door podcast. You might already know this, but um, we are a nonprofit organization. We do this uh, not to make money, but to do it as a service. And uh, we could not do this without the amazing support team that we have. If you're on that team, thank you so much for your generosity and for allowing us to create this content that hopefully is enriching the lives of of many people who are listening and and sharing it. Um, And guess what? Mo supporters is Mo better. So... If you'd like to get involved, we would love that. Um, our The place to get more info is utrmedia.org. All songs used on today's podcast are with permission or under fair use provisions. I'm Dave Trout, and thank you, my friends. We did it. We are putting a bow on the sixth season of Green Room Door, a production of UTR Media 
an independent, listener-supported nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and online at utrmedia.org. Stay tuned for that special flashback song with Melanie Penn next. Across your cheek, a 